Thank you, John. Good morning, church. And good morning for those of you online joining us and welcome. We're here, you're there, we're everywhere. We'll be learning about that's what God's people are all about. We're not just in one place, we're here, everywhere. And because of what we'll be getting into with this series on empowered. That's not a word we come, up, we come up with. We are very creative, talented people here. But it comes out of the study of the scripture, and then we build everything around that. So we'll be seeing this series that empowered. Empowered for what? Well, what we're going to find out that God who created and gave us his Holy Spirit and gave us the church and what we should do. He gave something that we fuel the church to move along, and that is what we're going to be looking at through the book of Acts in this series called Empowered. We want to be empowered for our daily Christian living. The Christian life is not an easy thing that you just walk with. We need the Spirit of God to be in and us and through us everywhere, every day. So we're asking that as we go through the book, uh, book of Acts to be empowered. We also want to be empowered because there's a business for the church that is left undone, and that is to proclaim the gospel. I cannot do that on my own. You cannot do it on your own. Together we do it. We want to be empowered because there are lost people all around us. We want to also be empowered so as I live the Christian life, I study the Bible, the application of what I learn is only going to come by the Spirit of Jesus Christ. We want to be empowered because in this new intimacy and community we build in the church, it's only by the Spirit of God. If it's us, you and I, by our human thinking and doing, it's not going to happen. We want to be empowered that as we wait, even the Lord brings another pastor, we want to see that's a movement of the Holy Spirit that is doing that. Because you and I, we could figure ways out to do some things. But we want to be empowered by this. Empowered individually, as a family, empowered corporately, and as a body of Christ, the force of Jesus Christ, nothing can stand through against it. We want to be empowered because we live in times that if the Christian and the church of Jesus Christ is not making the declaration, somebody else is going to make a declaration. Let's look into this as we're empowered. The book of Acts that we're going to go through in the New Testament is a continuation of what Jesus began to do. The author of this book, Dr. Luke, a medical doctor, had really listened a lot and talked with others, as he himself said, it because the internal evidence that he wrote the book is very clear, because he was, in the, he was on the journey in the book of Acts, and he also wrote the book of Luke. In the book of Luke, he wrote to somebody they call Theophilus, a high-ranking official, but he also, the book is for every one of us. And he writes to talk about in, in what Jesus began to do until he was taken to heaven, and then he continued to do throughout the scripture. So in the book of Acts, we're going to see how did the gospel continue to be advanced. We're going to see about how was the church planted. We're going to see suffering and persecution in the, in the book of Acts. We're going to see how there's conflict, there's confusion, there's division in the church. But the Holy Spirit is all there to make that come through. So you can anchor on one verse there and say Acts 1.8. 
you know, when uh, Luke wrote that, and he said in Acts 1, 8, when Jesus spoke, and you will receive the power, empowered, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So there's an empowerment that Jesus has given for the church. And Dr. Luke is writing about this. And we are the ones who have to see the movement, the momentum that the Holy Spirit will bring and carry for us. So he identifies himself as a writer and the whole content, it's going to be what we're looking at. Now before we just get into the Holy Spirit and see what it is, but in the book of Acts, there are various chapters. So I wanted to see who is the smartest guy in the room to read from me, Acts 29, verse 1. Should I call on my pastor friends? Anybody want to read Acts 29, verse 1? Come on, church, come on. What? He said there is no Acts 29. Somebody else, is there Acts 29? Yes, we are the Acts 29. We are the ones that have to continue the work of the Holy Spirit. There's no chapter 29. Thank you, Brother Joe. There's no chapter 29, but today, what uh, uh, Paul writes about, what everybody talks about, advancing the gospel is the Spirit of Jesus building the church in Acts 29. Oh, I pray that we will consider the Acts 29 is us who are going to go to heaven with the gospel. It's not in the book here, but we can be it. So in, in the book of Acts, you're going to see the word witness. You know, the word witness is, is over uh, 30 times. The word Holy Spirit is in the book over uh, uh, 70 times. The word witness and the Holy Spirit. And so you may ask then, who is the Holy Spirit? Well, by the name, the Holy and the Spirit is the pure one, is the personal one, is, is the one that is a person that God himself is. And we'll read that in our scripture that we'll be reading shortly. That is a person. It's personal. It's the promised one. We'll see because you see that in the New Testament. That the Holy Spirit is their part of God. We use the church word or the theological word. We say the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit is our helper. The Holy Spirit is our counselor. So as we go through this series, and there will be moments we'll just focus on a particular activity of the Holy Spirit, we all will be able to grasp, yes, I have the Holy Spirit that you get saved the moment you receive Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit is poured into you. So that leads me to say, what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit brings us to salvation. The day I receive Jesus, the Holy Spirit walks in an unbeliever's life to bring them to, to conversion, and the Holy Spirit continues to seal you and to walk in your life. The Holy Spirit is the one that we baptize us with God. And we, we just saw as we even were singing that the peace I have is the feeling of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is my teacher. You know, we pray, we study hard in getting ready for a message, but the absolute reliance is going to come from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit reminds me of what God has said. The Holy Spirit also transforms me. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth and dwells in every believer and is moving in the wall, as we'll see in a few minutes. And the Holy Spirit is the power, thus the series empowered. So we're going to be relying on this, that whatever I know of the scripture or I don't know of the scripture, 
I am going to depend on the one who is the great teacher, who is the Holy Spirit himself. So in the book of Acts, we'll see this, and we're going to be starting in a different place today, but it's all about the Holy Spirit in the, in the book of Acts. Over 40-some years ago, when I came to Christ, I was, we were very involved in Youth for Christ, Scripture Union, the local church, and one of the, the things we did always is to just spend this time, as we're doing in this service, we do it also in the conclusion, it's just the waiting time. The waiting on God's spirit to speak to me as I hear. It's not always I'm just saying, but in the silence, in the, you've heard what was said about the Holy Spirit can be, you know, a wind. You know, it's not an eat. It's, it's not just a force. It's a person. But we will always pause to sing a song and pray. And that song is what Pastor Masham played on for us here in between. That song, we will always sing it. I did that many years, and in my preparation for this message, I've been going back to those basic fundamental uh, discipleship roots that were laid for us. Then I found out that song was actually written here in the city of Orlando, January, February in 1926. Anybody here that was around then? If you are, then we'll have a little talk. <laughs> in 1926, in Orlando City here, there was a great outreach that was going on. And people were preaching the gospel. They were seeing what God's spirit was doing. And people had come down here from the Carolinas and other people have come down from Ohio. Ohio people are always coming to Florida. I saw some of them up here. But they had come down to uh, Orlando and they were just preaching the gospel and seeing God work. And this preacher came down, from, his name is Daniel Iverson. He came down from Lubbertin, North Carolina, and it was on a Saturday. God has just given him some of the scriptural words that we now hear in, in a song. So he went over to First Presbyterian Church there in Orlando. I don't know if it's the same location. And he sat down there, and the lady on the piano was just getting the tune going, and while he was just reading the words... And that song, which we just had sung, Spirit of the Living God, fall afresh on me. Melt me, mold me, fill me, and use me. Spirit of the Living God, fall afresh on me. Northland, and wherever you're joining us or even visiting, we need that spirit of Jesus Christ to continue to fall on us. We need that spirit that whatever God did in 1926, January, February, we need that spirit that was already there before the church in Orlando that we continue. So I keep coming back to this and I said, Lord, I thank my brother Daniel for what he wrote because we're all not there yet. We're still seeking the spirit of God to be able to revive us, the spirit of God to be able to renew us the Spirit of God to be able to move in us, and he does it one by one, as we'll see in the Scripture. And I pray that is a desire you have for the Holy Spirit to come and move. He is going to do it. And the Spirit is not only in the book of Acts. We're going to be reading back in the book of um, Genesis. If you are able and can, please stand as we read from Genesis chapter 1. That will be our reading, 1, 2, verses 1 and 2, and then we'll read 26 to 28. Genesis chapter 1. 
In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And I hop over to verse 26. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and, all, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, and he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Now, Holy Spirit, we have read your word. We've heard. And Father, now come, anoint the hearing, the understanding, and the application of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. So we're going to look at a couple of um, two things that are going to be like a refrain. We'll say the spirit brings life. Sin brings death. The spirit brings life. And sin brings death. And we'll see that in the scriptures we read and other related ones. So we go to the first thing we'll see. The spirit of God brings life. We read here in Genesis that it was God who did the creation. It said it was formless, it was empty, it was dark. But when the Spirit of God, as it's used here, it said the Spirit of God created. So the Spirit of God that brings life is in the work of creation. God creates and gives us that which we need for life. God, in when we think about the universe that he has made, that the spirit of Jesus Christ was present in the beginning. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were present in the beginning, and they created the world that he has given to us. What a majesty and power. Only a God of power out of nothing can create something, and he did. Jesus was there at that creation because we read in, 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 in Colossians that he was there with God and created everything. So God is the one that brings life. God brings life by creation of all that we need. The heavens declare the glory of God in Psalm 19, and the firemen proclaim his handiwork. When you drive or you fly or you do what you see, the majesty in creation, that's the God who created it. You may read so many other things, but see the power of God who created, that we can be right here at this moment, and people could hear and see us from any part of the world. Majesty of God's creation. We also see that in verse 26, as we just read there, that the, the Holy Spirit not only creates, but the Holy Spirit also speaks. And God the Father spoke. Let us, that's the, what we call in church language, we call the Trinity, the Father, Son, and all. He said, let us make man kind in our own image. That means in a likeness that has the, the, the character, that has the resemblance, that has the attributes of who God is. God is loving, the one who created. So he gives that attributes to the one he created. 
God is compassionate. There are those attributes that belong only to God, all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present, that doesn't belong to us. But a loving God, a caring God, and all those other attributes that make God, he gave it to the one that he had created. But it didn't last too long for our first few human beings. That God who spoke, the spirit that created, that we see, it changed quickly. The spirit brings life, but the next thing we see, sin brings death. Sin brings death, and that is what happened in the fall. So you read about creation, but the fall quickly happened in chapter 3 of Genesis. The spirit that God has put into man rebelled, turned away from God, and that is what we call sin. When you fall short of the standard of God, and so it was sin that brought death. They disobeyed. Sin is disobedience. Sin is not falling, is falling short of the glory of God. What God has said, I choose my own way. I choose my own way. I go where I want to go. That is sin. Or wrongdoing is sin. And that can be for the one who doesn't know Christ or also us who know Jesus as believers. We can sin against him because sin brings death. The spirit of God brings life. And so God in his love did not leave mankind without anything that he will say that I will not come back to you. In Genesis chapter 3, where the fall happens, redemption also showed up. And God said in Genesis 3.15, if you are looking for a verse that always said Jesus Christ was going to come, it's there. Because God said the disobedience, I am going, to, I will triumph over the serpents that brought sin to mankind. He said, I will crush your head and you will strike his heel. And God promised Jesus Christ, we come. So God is always in the business of bringing life. God is always in the business of redeeming us when we sin. And so God left his spirits to move, but the disobedience of man continued. So we see God continue to come to a place where the spirit of God brings life in the book of Genesis chapter 12. We've talked about this section before. How did God's spirit bring life in the book of Genesis, where he brought life by the promise he made to Abraham when he says, I promise you, Abraham, and out of you I will make you a blessing, and all the household, all your name will be great, great nation, and I will bless you so that you will be a blessing to the nations. That's a promise of God, wanting his work that he started with the Spirit to continue to move. And so God brought this out with a miracle of Abraham. You remember we looked at Abraham, wife, childless, old age. He cannot have a baby, but God can superintend. His power moved, and we see he brought life in the son of Isaac, and that was the fulfillment of a promise. And then Isaac had Jacob, and Jacob had 12 sons. And that is God's spirit moving as he had promised. I want you to take notes that when we see that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jacob had 12 sons, and we see those 12 sons he had, they were all going to be fitting into the promise that God has that we will see how it's connected in the book of, of, um, of Acts here. 
So the life was not only that, but God continued to show his, his mercy to people wherein he was leading them by his spirit. If you go from Exodus throughout the book of Joshua, we've looked at some verses in there. The spirit of God was working. It was obedience and disobedience, obedience and disobedience. But the love of God was walking through these people. The disobedience led them into bondage in Egypt. And the Spirit of God moved them out. Exodus drew them out from the wilderness, and he brought them to the land where Joshua was. Throughout the Old Testament, God's Spirit was always coming upon people for specific reasons. The intimacy of God and in a season and in a walk that needs to be done, the Spirit of God can come on people. We will see that even in great times when people obeyed him. We see somebody like Samson. The Spirit of God came upon him for a season in obedience. But in obedience, sin took him out. We'll see also um, uh, other people like Isaiah the prophet, Zechariah. We see Daniel, Ezekiel. There are these many people you could read in the, in, the, in the Bible over and over how they were living in obedience and obedience and the pouring of the Spirit of God. Today, God's Spirit will abide with us forever. But sin brings death. Israel failed to worship and obey God. We see that last week we talked in Joshua chapter 24, verse 2. And we also will see in 2 Kings 25. What stopped the Spirit of God from moving in people? It's disobedience. People made their own idols. They chose something that we, we, we will guide them to please God rather than the Spirit that God has given to them. So disobedience is what brings death to God's people when you don't live into, in obedience. I think we as a church, God is working. What we all experienced last weekend, if you were here in person online, going to the crosses and putting our sin down. That is the way God, where we're saying, God, I bring this down to the cross of Jesus Christ so that your spirit will live in me. That's God is still doing that today in our lives. We want to live in obedience and to please Jesus in what he has called us to do. So the prophets talked about it. The spirit walked in the prophets. But then God was looking at mankind that they don't get it yet. You know, just like many of us, we don't get it yet. And God decided that in his own fullness, he is going to have his spirit bring life. He's going to have his spirit come upon us in a very particular way. The spirit brings life, and we saw that in the, in the book of Luke chapter 1, verse 35. We see that God had called this young lady, the Virgin Mary, and God wanted to show his supernatural power that my spirit will come upon you, and you'll be overshadowed and by the spirit of God, and you will bear a son, and his name will be Jesus. And he will save his people from their sin. That's how the spirit brings life. That Jesus came and he became the word that dwelt among us. He lived among us. He tabernacled among us. In a loving God, a providing God, a forgiving God. But Jesus told us why he came. And Jesus told us that he came to die on the cross. Sin brings death. Even the Holy One, Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, but he took upon himself our sin. 
who was holy, but he became sinful by going on the cross and death for us. That's the ultimate death that can heal mankind of sin. The spirit that God gave Jesus Christ, the fitter death, that always the same. Thanks be to God that we have victory in the name of Jesus Christ. On the cross, Satan thought he had won. In the grave, Satan thought he had won. But he was the third day, he rose again. The spirit was alive and the spirit brought life. Jesus has won it for us and we need to receive what he has done, he has completed. Death could not hold him down. He is done with death and the victory. The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that lives in us today. So folks, as we look at the Old Testament, we see that God has always been working in, the, in, in, in the, his spirit all along. You know, I've just given you a good mini, uh, what we call boot camp, you know, just a mini, just going from Genesis there all the way to what Jesus did in the gospel to give us life. I want to encourage you a couple of areas that you could say, I want more, where you can look at the Bible study that we provide on online. It's called Digging Deeper. You could do that. Or maybe you're interested in checking out the people in the cafe this weekend. It's our equipping team, the uh, boot camp, Bible boot camp, that many have really gone through the Bible maybe two times over. So you can have coffee and conversation with them about having more of knowing this big story of the Spirit. There's another class that's called The Life and Teachings of Jesus. All those are starting this week. But I give that to you because that is part of what we see. The people who have the Spirit of God, they are going to be depending on what God does. The Spirit st still brings life today. And we are now going to hop over to the book of Acts. I'm not going to start where you expect me to start in chapter 1. The Spirit of God still brings life today. In Acts chapter 1, I'm going to pick it up from verse 12 to 26 to see what is this life and that is needed for the Spirit to pour into these people. They have followed Jesus Christ and he was there, present, won victory. But when you come to Acts chapter 1, we're going to see Jesus died, he was buried, he rose again, and he's going to go to heaven. So there are some things, principles I want us to see in the scripture here. That the day Jesus Christ went to heaven in Acts chapter 12, chapter 1 verse 12, Acts chapter 1 verse 12, then the apostles returned to Jerusalem for the, from the hill called Mount of Olives. It's a short distance. Some of us have walked that distance. But these were not happy-go happy people. They were not just happy. They were sad. The Sabbaths, they walked from the city. When they arrived, they went to the upper room and where they were staying. So these are all you could see here in Acts. It lists all the 11, all the 11 apostles who were with Jesus and also some of the other women that were there. Imagine that room and some of the people that were in that room where the mother of Jesus was there. Couldn't see her son. So it was not all very happy. There was sadness. But they wanted to see what do we do for the Spirit of God to still continue to do. Here are three things I think I see in this text that they did. The first thing we see in verse 12, they were together and enlisted disciples. Verse 14, they all joined together. There's that intimacy that is needed with Christians. The community of believers always builds intimacy together. And it was necessary 
that day we want to show that we followed somebody who had said some things, but here we are now, he's gone. But they were also get, gathering together because they needed to be in one heart and in one community. What did they do in verse 14? They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So seeking God, the way you get to the path of having the Holy Spirit is the time in prayer. The parts to be able to say, how do I seek this Holy Spirit? Is what they were doing there. Because they didn't know what is going to happen now, so they spent the time praying together. We see they were praying for, what were they praying for? Could be God comfort us, encourage us, just rough, things are bad. But they were also praying so that what Peter did in the context there, verse 15, they were praying for the fulfillment of what God had said. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, the Spirit always lead people to speak. So Peter got up and he declared the word. So you're in community, you're in prayer, but you have to declare the word. And that's how the Spirit moves through the word. And what Peter was doing was the reminder he was bringing. You remember there were 12 tribes you know, Jacob, 12 sons, the land was divided to the 12, and there were 12 apostles and disciples, and now there's a missing. And so they were seeking the word of God that reminded them what was said, that David had said, one will be taken out, another one needs to re be replaced. So they were gathering in their prayer, they were praying, God, we need to select somebody that meets your criteria. We need to select somebody that knows about how we can fill in this gap, the missing piece. And the Bible says they read the word, they prayed in community, and the selection process was completed. And Matthias was chosen. So that was the stage that was already set for the Holy Spirit to be able to come. That was the stage that was already set so that people could start to think, so what next? What next? I think going through this series, Empowered, is going to be personal. It's going to be private. It's going to be in community. But we are going to be living in times of expectation, times of anticipation, time to receive, time to see that God's Spirit did not stop working long ago. He was in creation. He gave life, he continues to work. And so the encouragement is that let's be ready for what God is doing. If you've not trusted Jesus as your Savior, the Spirit speaks to you. You can receive him. If you've been a believer, you are reading your Bible, you're in group, you're praying, expect the Spirit to lead you to obedience to God's word. Wherever you are in your journey with Christ at this time. I believe those of us who call ourselves Northland today, the Spirit of God has been moving. And as I said earlier, I sing that song, but there's something I've been looking forward to uh, for a time now that I saw is the Spirit of God has been working. A dear sister just went to be with the Lord, and I'm going to share the story. Then I invite the worship team to, to come up on stage, and then we're going to go into a time of anticipation and singing and praying. But our sister Zona, four years ago, was struck with cancer right in this church. We spent many days praying in the prayer room, in the Sunday school class she was part of in our home. And she knew she was going to be with Jesus. And she did. 
planned a service. Say, gosh, you do this, you do that, and you do it here, and say, yes. She wrote it all out with her children uh, assisting in that. And so this weekend, we gathered to celebrate that life. We gathered in the ring. She wanted specifically in the ring. Zona was part of the worship team many years ago. She played piano. She put every worship together, just what you see our brothers and sisters do here. Zona was part of that team. But as we gathered, and the weeks leading to this, I've been talking to other brothers and sisters. I start to hear stories of how the Spirit of God was already working at Northland many, many years back. So Northland, we were here, but they started a group of people on the south side of town. They were meeting, and what were they doing? They were reading the Bible, they were praying, they were in community. They were just growing, and they were growing from the south side of town, and this is the breaking news, they moved north. So they named the church? <laughs> yeah, no mystery there. They moved north of the land, and so here we are. They moved over to Castleberry at English Estate Elementary School. Those group of believers had their challenges. They shared that with us. They said it was difficult, like the book of Acts. We had disagreement, we had splits, we have this. But we are a community studying God's word, praying together, worshiping together, and just out all our soul for Jesus. In fact, one of the, the brothers who was there, he'd been an elder at this church, you know, he was a drummer. You know, he said, I had long hair. I was just a young man. I'll play the drums on Friday at another location. I'll bring the drums to church on Sunday, and we'll pray, we'll worship. The Spirit of God moved. And those of us who were gathered all these weeks we've been talking about, that same Spirit is here today. And we stand upon their shoulders. The Bible says, remember those others who've gone before us. Can we not learn today, come to a place of commitment, and say, we are going to wait, whatever our challenges, whatever our sins are, whatever our differences, let the Spirit of God bring us to a place to awaken us, to revive us, to renew us, so that the continuation of the kingdom of God will be here. That someday others we look at, Northland, it was not only 1926, but Northland 2002. 2022, we are still, the Spirit of God is moving. So as we go into this time, Beth is going to lead us and just some words of admonition and encouragement, and then we'll go into a time to sing and to really pray that Spirit, do it again, and he will do it. Let's wait on him. Thank you, Pastor Gus.